Stuck in my ways I'm stuck in the house for most of the day I'm chasing my dreams and running away What is going on today, fam? So, welcome to another episode of Hey Mark, the podcast where I get to have open, authentic conversations about things like mental health, but also about the types of adversities that we face in our day-to-day lives, whether that is, you know, obviously with entrepreneurial stuff, maybe with your work stuff, if you work at a company, or maybe family matters for that matter. It could be literally anything, but at the end of the day, what I want to talk about is just overcoming the adversities that we face on a daily basis and getting to that pursuit of happiness. So if this is stuff that you enjoy listening to and it's your first time listening to something like this, then thank you so much for stumbling upon this and I really hope you enjoy it. If it's not your first time listening to something like this, then thank you so much for supporting the notion that no matter what someone is dealing with, they are not alone. And that's just pretty much the message I'm trying to spread. So my name's Mark, I'm gonna be your host of this podcast, and today I got to chat with Jose Durantes. He's a guy that I used to work with, he's an old co-worker of mine, and since we stopped working together, he's focused his studies in regards to university in just kind of looking at, you know, the mental health of a lot of youth who have, you know, obviously overcome a lot of struggles or are going through struggles and perhaps even facing the criminal justice system and what kind of reparations need to happen there. So it was a super cool conversation. I know I enjoyed it a lot and I know you will as well. So if you enjoy this type of content, please do refer to a friend, maybe somebody that has struggled in the past or is struggling right now or just wants to carve their life into a better direction. Before I talk too much, let's just jump straight into this conversation and I hope you guys enjoy it, like I said, just as much as I did. Thank you. Let's go. All right, bang, we are recording. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you decide to listen to this at and if you decided to listen to this, thank you. Today I'm here with Jose Durantes. I hope I got that pronunciation proper. Nailed it. Perfect. Uh, so I'll kind of give like a little history. So Jose and I used to work together. Uh, we we were kind of just working together at the same company, and then we ended up being at the same location for about a month. And then we were at neighboring locations, so we did end up getting to chat quite a bit. Uh, but it was pretty cool because I watched you grow from like an entry level position to being promoted into management and helping develop teams yourself. So it was pretty sick, but I'll kind of give you the mic and just give you the opportunity to like tell people what you're about now, what you're doing now, like where they could find you on social media if you want to throw that plug in. But uh, I'll just, I'll pass the mic over to you, Jose. Why don't you give people a little introduction to what you do? Perfect. Well, I appreciate the intro and everything. Uh, like currently what I'm doing, you know, I'm just, you know, trying to figure out what I'm doing if like my studies and such are now. So we're not really focusing on the work ethics part of it. We're looking at more, I guess, more social media and such and like connecting with, you know, people like you trying to like engage more and get more meaningful conversations that I can learn and also share my experiences. But, uh, yeah, we're just currently just in university right now, just trying to learn more about like the things that I'm passionate about with like with mental health and youth. And also, I mean, like I'm slowly starting to get more into 
trying to like advertise more about mental health, like just like as you were doing. And that's why like I've been trying to post more social media with regards to, you know, more awareness. But uh, if, if it's like, you know, if people want to hear about it more or maybe want to connect with me, like my social media is there. All they got to look up is Jose Durantes and then underscore on Instagram. And there we go. That's it. Beautiful, man. And so when we first met, like we were just kind of chatting, you were studying like criminology on a pretty broad spectrum. And then recently you've shifted to focus a little bit more on the mental health aspect of what happens with youth and when they do get involved in like the criminal justice system and, and kind of what happens there. So like break down, like what, what made you interested in shifting the focus from like a broad spectrum into like actually wanting to zoom in on this kind of area or this realm? Yeah. Like uh, when I was like first, like starting like my studies, like I kind of had a broad idea of what I wanted to do at the time. And then I was actually during uh, when, like when I was used to work at like the old company that I actually got interact with this, uh, this younger individual. And I think he was probably like 18 or so, maybe 17, maybe barely just turned 18. And then he told me that like, he was really trying to get into this area of life of a lifestyle, which was fitness. And it was just because he was trying to be, you know, trying to get away from the bad type of things, such as like, you know, drug use and like violence and everything. And I thought that was, you know, really like deep and like kind of like emotional because I was like, okay, so there's, they're trying to use something to get away from this. And it was, I was really curious. And that's when I started asking questions. I'm like, what did you go through and such? And why are you trying to do this in life? And then it really made me interested and it kind of, made me reflect on some of my personal experiences and realizing at the time I didn't really have those support services such as like what he said as well. So it just made me very like engaged and wanting to learn and also maybe trying to be a, one of those support services that like, you know, can understand what you for going through and also try to, you know, give them some understanding and maybe like a light to their tunnel, just because a lot of the times people aren't engaged, like, they don't have guidance in their lives. Like some don't have parents, some don't have anyone to rely on. So that just made me very passionate about wanting to, you know, study like with youth and their mental health progress. Yeah. Like what do you think? Cause it's such a common trend and I'm sure like you guys probably cover this in what, like the courses that you take, but like, what do you think draws youth towards like kind of that, that area? Cause I mean, growing up, I kind of almost was drawn into a lot of bad crowds. I was drawn into a couple of pretty rough crowds. And I mean, luckily I did have like a, a little bit of mentorship and I did have good support in my family so that I was able to distance myself from it just enough uh, that it didn't impact me too, too rough other than just being able to like observe a lot of my friends go down some pretty terrible paths. But what do you think it is that like draws like adolescents to or like teenagers or child children to these types of crowds like how come this happens in the first place Do you guys cover that at all yeah we there's a lot of like courses that really dive into the whole like depths of it there's no i guess one like catch-all type of thing that says this is why they do it like it's all subjective to like people's experiences 
but like mm-hmm. the most common trends that have been, you know, I've learned and have been discussed and that have been shared with me by other youths, it's generally they're looking for social acceptance. Uh, they're looking for somewhere where they can feel themselves. So maybe in, in, our, in the usual like norms of society, what they like, what they want to do, they're not, it's not like allowed or, or so, it's taboo. So they look for those groups or or like individuals who are like like-minded or will be willing to support their type of behavior and a lot of the times during those in like interactions that's when people change and then they start resorting to other things and I, another common one in which i've personally myself experienced and i've seen so many others of my like friends and family go through it's just like it's just a mental and social escape like they their regular lifestyle and such like all the stress and everything it just adds up to the point where they just want to get some sort of i guess social or mental high in which they can feel like joy and excitement yeah man that makes sense because it's like almost a coping mechanism like wow and like kind of what my takeaway from what you just said is like perhaps you know they've developed like a couple of bad coping mechanisms or not so helpful coping mechanisms and then when they kind of feel like stigmatized because of that or they're distanced, I feel like maybe because of that. And then they do just kind of gravitate more towards like a, a crowd that would either be partaking in that coping mechanism as well or just more accepting of it. I feel like, is that kind of like what you're, you're getting at? Yeah, so exactly. Like I have a good understanding. Exactly. They're just They're just trying to find people who are like, like-minded in like activities and coping and it's it's like any it's like peer influence once you find a group who does it and they influence you you're going to want to do it bang wow yeah that's huge man because that's so true like anytime i find that maybe i'm not in the crowd that i want to be in or i'm partaking in activities that i that just really aren't helping me as much as they like i feel like they should be like, I feel like that's part of it is like you just kind of gravitate towards other people that are doing similar things or feeling similar ways even. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like, I mean, like I could say this for other things, but like nobody likes to be the odd one that sticks out in a group. Mm-hmm. So they're always going to want to like assimilate so that that way they feel like they're fitting in with others. Yeah, man. And so obviously it's, uh, it's a pretty heavy topic and it is really like almost not controversial, but it's really difficult to pinpoint like solutions for it. But like, what do you think, like just off the, off the cuff, like what, what do you think is like a good solution for someone that feels like they're maybe stuck in a bad social circle or they're stuck in bad habits? Like if they're going down the wrong path, like what's kind of like the best, like quick advice, I guess, like what did, what did you help that gentleman with that you spoke with at, uh, at our old job? Well, like, yeah, like, I get what you mean with, like, the controversy. Like, I I shouldn't be the one who says, you know, this is the solution. But, like, from my personal opinion, from what I've know- noticed and what helped him out was it, as hard as, as easy as it sounds, it's extremely difficult. But realistically, you just have to find that strength inside of yourself to be able to just completely either begin anew or just cut off those like negative stimulus, like your, whether it be your friend group or drugs or whatever it, it may be for them. And in his case, uh, you, and then you just 
find something that gives you that joy or replacement of time that you would have done doing set activities. So for him, like I won't get into details for him just because I feel it was more personal for him, but in his sense, it was a social aspect at a certain time of day. And what really helped him really sort of strive, like get away, getting away from that was that's when he would come into the gym. And if, and if he didn't come in, he would personally want me, want me or somebody to just call him or even just drag him out of, out of wherever he is and just bring him to the gym. So that way he was distracted by using a, something that's, you know, a healthy like coping method, which is exercise and which I believe, and you probably saw it, it's an extremely helpful thing. So I really think just finding that replacement. Yeah, man, I like, I'm a pretty firm believer that humans are meant to move. So like, however you have fun moving, you should try and do as often as possible. That's usually like the number one advice I give for people that are just like kind of sedentary or sitting in their room depressed. But it's not, yeah, it's not, a, it's such a difficult thing to say because you're right, man. Like, it's so easy to say like, oh, if you're just like sitting in your house all day, go and move. And it's like such a, it's common sense and it's like scientifically backed. Like we have all these facts and evidence and it seems so simple to just like go for a walk or go for a jog or even just stretch outside in the sun if we have a beautiful day like we do today. But then it's so hard to actually like implement and practice. Like I've even been there myself. Like it doesn't always seem like it because if you look at like my Instagram stories, I'm always kind of posting like going for a bike ride or a workout at the gym. But even I've like experienced times where I'm like, man, I don't want to do this. Like it's, it just sucks. And it's, it's kind of weird. And I don't mean to like kind of start this off on just like kind of a, a darker mode like this, but I just feel like it's such a, it's such a difficult thing. Like, because we speak about it in such a simple way, it's like, just, just go to the gym, but that's a really difficult feat for some people to achieve. Right. Yeah. And like, I completely get it. Like I've also been in those like, like positions like yeah and even for me the same thing people see my posts and my stories and they see me like going out to places hiking and such but like or going to the gym all the time but it's like it's not always a simple thing like it's it's sometimes you you get those days or sometimes for some people weeks where you're just like I don't want to go anywhere I just want to just lay in bed and just do nothing and it's you know it happens it's hard for some people yeah man it definitely is. Some people like 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 it lasts months. I've even had periods where, like, there's different like aspects of my life that will just kind of. Once I figure one out, then there's like another area in my life where I start to struggle, and it just kind of lasts for months. Where I have this feeling like something's not right. Oh, maybe it's my nutrition. Maybe it's like how much I'm moving. Maybe it's how much time I'm spending with my family, and it's kind of just like a consistent balancing act. I feel like. Yeah. And like, like for me personally, I can completely agree with that as well. Like I'm always shifting. Like if I'm good in one area, then I'm, I feel distracted and not feel like I'm not doing something in the other area of life. And it's just constantly moving, moving through the motions of it. So it's like, there's always something that that needs to be addressed from what I feel like. And like, I've also noticed that's definitely the case for like people I've spoken to that. And I've tried to understand it's like, it's like this cycle that they can't figure out. Mm -hmm. It almost like kind of highlights the the notions that you always hear. Like I didn't even mean to come to this conclusion right now, but I'm just kind of seeing it. But it it kind of highlights like the notion of 
you know, it is just like a journey. It's a balancing act. Like there's no like end goal. There's never going to be a time where, you know, like every single area in your life is concrete, 10 out of 10, like just perfect. Like, I feel like it's always kind of like a consistent balancing act. Like, and that's kind of what life like truly is. And it is tiring, but it's also rewarding when you are able to, you know, hit the buckets that you need to hit. And when I mean that, like by that is like, if you were to like break down all the important things in your life, like spending time with loved ones, working, you know, moving, eating properly, sleeping properly, and then like maybe whatever hobbies you have personally. Like I feel like those are, I don't know if I'm missing anything, but I feel like those are pretty much like the most important things for me at least. Like I feel like it's it's a consistent like journey of just kind of balancing that. And then once you are able to achieve like a certain level of each area, then it's like a super rewarding feeling I find. And like sometimes it doesn't last long, but sometimes it does stick with you for quite a while, right? Sometimes yeah it's it's such a it's such a funny balancing act man yeah and like i've i've kind of like the way i like what i've described that from like you know those experiences of you know you're just kind of balancing like i a lot of people who are like know me personally close like i always use this metaphor it's like like you're just kind of strapped in on this roller coaster of life and you, there's no way of getting out until you you know you reach the end of that coaster in which case you know that's it you're you're done you you've enjoyed your ride and then it's, that's it. You're done for the day. But like, yeah, like it's just constantly like you got, you always got your highs and you always got your lows, but like, it's always this balance of where, you know, it's not always going to be just a flat, like a flat line because in that case, then it's not really a, a roller coaster in a sense. You're just kind of cruising by, but then again, if you're just cruising, you know, you never really get to experience those great moments and then you never get to grow from your low moments in life. Yeah, man. And if you're someone like me, who's like super terrified of roller coasters, you spend the entire ride just being anxious in anticipation for what may come. And then by the time it's over, you're like, that was it. Like I was so anxious the whole time for the next thing that I didn't even get to enjoy any of it. Yeah. And like, like, <laughs> it's like, I relate with that. Like I despise roller coasters, but like, and that's where that like anxiety, well, you'll just see it burst. But then after, as soon as you're done that ride, and you just feel so guilt. You just feel so guilty about it. Just being like, I could have enjoyed this moment in time, and that's why I really think like I really enjoy this metaphor of like it's a roller coaster because that's where the whole concept of like anxiety comes into play. And where it's like you know you're trying to do something that others think is fun, and, but you just can't. And there's like that mental block. And then once you do do it, it's like you just feel terrible about it. You feeling like I wish I could have felt like this. Yeah, man, I'm, that is already my takeaway from this already because, like, the second you even say roller coaster, I feel anxious, man. Like, I am so terrified of heights. It's, like, my biggest fear ever. And, like, I truly have never been on, like, a full-size roller coaster. I'll be 100% honest, man. Like, I've only ever been on, like, the small, small ones. I've never been on, like, a full-size one. I've never done a loop-de-loop. -loop. I've never done, like, those massive drops. I've never done that because I'm just so terrified of it. So when I, when I hear you say like, it is like a roller coaster, that's true because I know I've been on similar experiences and like the entire time I'm doing them, I just feel anxious. I'm like, man, like I know there's going to be a really big height or I'm going to be like, 
uncomfortable in certain areas. I'm going to get that weird feeling in my stomach. Some people love, but I don't like that. And I feel like once I, if I were to be able to do that, once I got to the end, I would be like, man, it's over. Like I just like the whole time was panicked about the next thing. And then it just didn't come. And like, I should have enjoyed the ride like everybody else. Like I love that metaphor, man. That's so sick. It's just something like, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I learned it like very early in life from like, I guess, uh, like a, a support like provider. And then I was just like, hey, that reg- that resonated with me because, yeah, I, I completely hate roller coasters. But like every now and then, you know, I'll give it a shot and then hopefully try to enjoy it. But it's just something I've noticed that just always sat well with me. Yeah, man. Just like the anxiety for me that surrounds roller coasters, that is a perfect analogy, man. So thank you for that already. Of course, of course. Bang. Good morning, dude. What a great way to start. Right? What a sick way to start, dude. 10 That's really awesome. Yeah, we're just closing in on 10 a.m. here. Why don't we just kind of chat? Like, what did you get up to this morning before we did this? Well, I got to start up my day early, get ready, eat that breakfast, go to the gym. And like, you know, that's like my, in a, in a way, like my meditation or my paradise, because it's like my, you know, it's not only it's a physical get getaway, but it's like a whole mental and spiritual port where you're like, it gives you like a sense of joy and like happiness when you're there. So that was mainly my day, you know, just getting the gym out of the, getting the gym kind of out of the way, but also starting off on a good note. Yeah, man. I uh, I had a pretty similar morning as well. Just kind of got my workouts done because I have to get my workout in. For me, like I'm super anxious if I don't work out. So I got my workout done and then I just had some breakfast, just showered up. So I'm pretty much in the same boat as you. Do you have like, uh, so it's September. School's yeah. starting up, right? Is that is that correct? Yeah. Or have you been in school over the summer or like what's kind of school looking like for you? I mean, school was during the summer, so that was an interesting experience, you know, if everything being online and, and such, that was different. And then yeah. school is starting next week on the 8th, so we got that look to look forward to again. Yeah, man. And, like, without going into, like, the uh, the politics or the media or anything like that, like, how did you find, like, doing school online? Like, just, like, that kind of, like, how did you find that? Uh at first when I heard about it, I was like, Oh, sick. I can stay in my PJs at home and like, you know, and just enjoy my own privacy of my own bedroom or my kitchen and such. But like, it's not to the point until like I realized after maybe a few weeks of it, of being in summer courses online that, you know, and I've noticed, and I've talked to a lot of people, it sucks. Like, cause you lose an entire portion of like what university was and like class in general. And I could say, see the same for like, you know, middle schools and high schoolers and anybody in general, you lose that social aspect of like, you know, interacting with others, uh, being in person and learning with in front of a professor because everybody can just watch online, but just feels like you're watching a YouTube video or something that's not personal and geared to you. So it's, it's been tough. Like it's definitely not the same. And I've noticed my lack of, motivation and drive it has been affecting my studies just because you know it's you lose one thing and then you know it kind of is like a jenga tower it kind of brings it all down yeah man i uh i have no idea how people do that i've you know for the past couple of years i've really wanted to 
like I, I had this notion of I want to quit my job and just kind of work from my computer, work from home. And I'm realizing that after like trying that for a couple of years, that that is like the only thing that kind of kept me through going through high school or, you know, I didn't finish college, but like just like going through like the motions of, you know, going to school, whether it be like my first like couple of years of college or high school, like the only things that, you know, let me be somewhat happy and somewhat successful in that is like the social interaction, what you're talking about. Because I, I like, there were so many times where I would leave a class and I would just feel completely lost. Like I didn't even absorb anything that was in that class until like, I would like ask maybe like one or two other peers in my class and be like, Hey, what do you think of this? Cause I was completely lost. And then they either understand it and be able to explain it to me or maybe they were lost as well. And I didn't feel as bad and we could ask the teacher questions together. Like it just kind of, you know, having that, that ability to just kind of chat with other people, hang out with other people, see them smiling or be able to ask questions. Like, I feel like that was like one of the only things that like, let me push through that. Yeah. And like, I would say the same for me. Like if I, if I was just completely lost, I would be more than happy to just like, it would be kind of nerve wracking just being like, Oh, I'm going to just ask a complete stranger. But at that point, like you really get to see how many other people are also in the same boat being like, I have no idea what was just said, or they're just too shy to ask a question themselves. So like you, once you got that group and then you, you know, you build connections and then you got like a little study group. So it's definitely something I enjoyed from like, you know, my studies. So definitely missing that part. And it's a lot harder online. Yeah. So moving into this new semester come September, like it's all online classes again. Yeah, basically they're trying to limit every bit of like actual like on campus interaction really. Dang, man. And so like, I feel like no matter how we feel about it, this kind of is probably how it's going to be for a little bit Mm -hmm. and it's going to be difficult. Like, what do you think? what kind of like techniques will you use or what kind of coping mechanisms will you use to kind of push through this plateau? Like this kind of, like, it almost seems like not a roadblock completely, but like a little bit of a speed bump. Yeah. And like, I think that's a perfect analogy. Like it's not a thing that's completely stopped my, you know, my journey and such. Like it's just a, it's an annoyance, but it's an, it's an annoyance I can cope with and manage a, along my way but like something that has worked well for me and i've kind of noticed if others is like you know not being uh not being a stranger to your like classmates like even if they're online sometimes just you know a simple like chat in the in like the in this in the zoom call or something just saying something quickly and then you know seeing if others resonate with you or if they have questions then you know you just have take that conversation you know privately or even just making like little just study groups, whether it be your own Zoom calls if, or if they want to meet in person, like, you know, just trying to make that step to socialize in whatever possible means, it really helps get through getting through it. Yeah, man, I'm just thinking about like me in a classroom setting and I'm always kind of like, you know, I'm either like super focused and, and like dialed in and I'm like listening to the kind of like my teacher, professor and and I try my best to take notes, but I'm a little bit more of like an auditory learner. 
but I'm just kind of thinking about the way that I am when I'm distracted and I'm like kind of chatting with like people or whispering a joke over to somebody or writing something down and showing somebody my paper. Like, I just feel like being a class clown sometimes might be either also like more difficult or more easy when it's all online. Cause you could just be like texting people funny jokes or, you know, we used to use zoom at our old job and I would always like kind of text my buddies while we're on the call try and make them laugh in front of the teacher in front of the uh, zoom call. So it's uh, I feel like that'd be like a different realm, man, going to school, doing that. Yeah. It's a complete different switch. And like, you know, I've noticed too, it's like, it's easier to like goof off. And like, if you have a friend in that class and you see them in that like zoom call, that little box and the, on the screen makes you laugh because then you're like trying to distract them and make it visible to everybody else. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it's, 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 it's hard. And it's also kind of funny at the time, like, cause you would have, I would have never expected an appointed time in my life where I'm learning and paying tuition just to be online on a Skype call or something. And just, you know, being able to text whatever I want. And then, or if I want to make maybe a, a noise or like, even just like maybe change the background on my zoom call, that just gives me some sort of joy yeah man so has has tuition changed at all because of like the the product that they're giving you has changed a little bit right because you're not getting that social interaction you're not getting maybe like that one-on-one -on -one time with a, a teacher or professor that you could kind of you know after the class like go up to them and chat with them after like i feel like because everything's online like the product that they're giving you because it kind of is a business right but the, like, I feel like it's changed. Like has tuition changed? Do you see like it changing at all or? It's, it's something that's really controversial and like I completely despise it, but like they've just kept it the same. Like tuition, you, you'll pay exactly as if you're attending on like in-person class. And a lot of people aren't really happy about it just because, you know, it's not, it's not the same. Like, you know, learning something in person, it's like, you know, it's like when we used to attend these like, uh, zoom calls like sure they were like handy learning like things online by like you know maybe like that upper management at upper management team but like when they actually came in in person you that's where you really got to see you know whether you could polish up your skills more personal so it's just it's been the same it's like as if they're trying to give the same product and it's not really resonating with a lot of people and also like tuition there's been some small tuition like increases just because now they have to consider the whole concept of teachers need to buy like technology. They need to buy services now to, in order to like record and make sure. Cause I, I believe zoom has this privacy thing that with, uh, with like the university. So they need to then pay a premium service and everything like that. So there's been small increases. Yeah. Even with like the zoom calls that I do, I've noticed like the free version of zoom, uh, which is like what I use for this it uh like one restriction that there is is like if you have more than one person in a in a conversation then they limit you to 40 minutes mm -hmm. so like if this wasn't just me and you if there was one other person here i'd have to stop my recording pretty quick because you and i have already been talking for 39 minutes so like that's like one of the restrictions so i could see that because if I wanted to lift that, I'd have to pay for the service, right? But right now I'm just kind of reaping the benefits of the free one. And this is a one-on-one -on -one conversation anyway, so it's not even impacting us. Exactly, yeah. But obviously like when you have like an entire class then it's a different story, 
it's a completely different story. You can't just like end the call and start a new one and hope that everyone connects perfectly and seamlessly again, right? Yeah, exactly. That's sick, man. And so like, what's kind of like your end goal with like the education that you're going through right now? Like what, like, what do you see yourself doing after you've graduated? Like personally, like I want to say like, I'm very goal centered and I kind of have an idea of what I want to do, but I, it's one of those concepts that I haven't really wrapped my head around necessarily. Cause for the longest time, and a lot of people have known, I really wanted to work in some part of the government, whether it be legislation or like even enforcement. But, you know, as current events occur and everything like that, it really makes me reflect and change my ideas and such. And I guess my new area like of interest of where I've kind of noticed my passion is more prominent is that whole mental health and like youth uh, assistant programs. So almost like in a sense, like, uh, I've looked into it and like we have something here and it's basically like it's the anti-drugs and gangs unit in uh it's so it's somewhat involved with the police but it's its own separate thing where it's just like you know youth services and it's only specifically dealing with youth at risk so that's something where I I would like to be reach my end goal in yeah that'd be sick I know there's like so many jobs in that field and I've met even like a couple people that work in like similar to what you're saying, either on like a larger scale or a smaller scale. Like I know a buddy of mine that used to go to the same gym as me a long time ago. He, um, he kind of did something similar to what you're describing and he studied like mental health and uh, how it impacts youth, like even specifically in the criminal justice system. And so what would happen was, say like a, a younger kid gets mixed up into some of the wrong business and he ends up getting, you know, caught by the police and he has to go to court and maybe he doesn't have like parents or a guardian that, you know, is the best role model for him. And he's just kind of like feels alone in that process. And you're going to court as an adult is stressful. So going there when you're a child and you don't really understand what's going on don't really understand the repercussions of your actions. It can be like pretty stressful. So his role, the guy that I knew, his goal or his role was to kind of work with them and just kind of walk them through the process of what was going on. And because he had a background in mental health, he actually ended up not like, uh, not like formally, but like kind of informally consoling them and counseling them through this kind of like process of just like, okay, we have to get you some clean clothes. We have to get you kind of like a haircut. These are some of the actions that have led you to this position right now. And these are some of the real life consequences you may be facing. Uh, however, like we're just going to kind of work through this step by step and just go through the process. And sometimes you'd be really stressed because you don't always get the outcomes that you want, but sometimes he would come into the gym and he would just be glowing because he was able to actually like impact someone's life and actually be able to make them feel like not only was someone there for me, but someone was helping me through a process that I was really uncomfortable in. And I, they just like, haven't felt that before. Yeah. And like, that's awesome. Like that's something like I've, like I've always wanted to do. It's like almost, ex almost either one-to-one -one or exactly similar. It's uh yeah. Like it's just something that I've always wanted to do. Like I've it's, 
you get that sense of joy and like pride and it really does really affect the rest of your day or even a month in a sense. Like, you know, it, that's the one thing that will make you glow. And I know that for a fact, like I was almost to that, like uh, the younger youth who was at the gym, I was almost like that person for them. Like informally, I was like counseling them. I was telling them, Hey, you know, you're, you're looking good. You're doing, you're getting in shape, you know, trying to be that support service, like supporter of them for like, cause you know, I know a lot of people don't generally have those guardians or even friends or anybody to really get that sense of support or almost like comfort. So like I, I personally loved and I enjoyed all the time. Like I spent with them just like seeing them grow, telling them like, Hey, do you need any, like, you know, like, are you okay on food? Do you need, do you need to get some like new clothes? How are you doing? And then even just like, I know like giving them like the free shirts we had at the work, like, I know I shouldn't have done that, but like there was something personally that I was just like, you know, it, I could see the joy and like him having something new. And like, for me, just seeing like, what I, I still keep in contact with him, but seeing the position he is in now, it, it really, that's what's something that I, I keep very close to me, like my heart, just because from seeing from where he began and just seeing where he is now, it's, it's a whole new person and I'm more than happy to have that in my life. Yeah, that's unreal. And it can happen like super large scale and it can happen like kind of smaller scale. And it's no matter what, I feel like it's like super rewarding because that's, I even have like a family member who does something like similar to that where uh, like my older sister, she shout out to my older sister, but she, um, she works like kind of with like a, a job right now where she's helping out like children or like young adults with like kind of know like they they're either in the foster system or they're like kind of just getting out of it but they're they just like kind of she just helps them with like getting to doctor's appointments on time like whether she has to go to their house and pick them up and, and take them to the doctor's appointment or help them make a resume and help them get a job like these are certain things that you know it doesn't seem like like if you, if you were to tell someone like hey i helped someone make a resume today like it doesn't seem like the biggest thing, but for that kid, like that could be the one thing that they've been stressed about the most is like, how am I even going to get a job? Like, how am I going to take care of myself? And so like, if you can, like, if you can kind of like supply them with like, not only the means to do it and like show them how they can do it, but like the confidence to be like, Hey, I actually did this. Like, I feel like that's like such a rewarding thing. Like I, like it's huge, man. Yeah. And like, I'll, I'll give like major props to your sister on that. Cause like, it's like when you, when people talk about it and such like, yeah, like exactly how you said it, others might just be like, it's just a resume. It's just a piece of paper or it's just like said and so thing, like something that seems so easy to us and like such like for them, it could be like their entire like world because that's what separates them from either being out on the streets or living on couch to couch to you know, maybe them finally getting their first like apartment or them having a place to live and have like food and shelter like on their back. Like it's a huge thing. And I don't think, uh, I guess a lot of people take that for granted that, you know, like of it being an easy life. And it's just because, you know, it's just comes down to how we, you know, live and how, and what level of, you know, access we have. And that would be, I guess, in a sense of, you know, just acknowledging like our own level of privilege, because even if, we could say that we don't feel privileged, but like it, it is, a, it is a, a complete lie. If you say we don't have it easier than some 
like people because some people they just need that help they just need that confidence and support to get maybe even a job or even the the support to just like maybe finish their college or maybe finish their high school education so i think like i would give your sister mad props for that because a lot of people really don't explore or share that so to even have one person do that it's it means a lot to a lot of people yeah so if she ever listens to this if you're ever listening to this we're giving you props right now (laughs) mad props that's sick man yeah so like for like, what do you think, like for the average person, like who doesn't work a job like that, like say for myself, like my day job, I'm a carpenter. I do home renovations. I do restoration on the weekends. I work at a restaurant. So like, how can I kind of make that impact or how could I kind of make, like if I, if I were to interact with uh, someone that you're kind of working with, like say like a troubled youth or a teenager going through something rough, like how, how can I make an impact on somebody? Well, like the biggest thing I would say is like, it really comes down to the very first step. And that's like having this like foundation of like shame and like, uh, it, like, like, like a uh, shunning because I know for a lot of people and I, I can say the same thing for like how people treat like some homeless people. Like if you ever, so I know I'm guilty of it and, and, and it's, and I feel terrible when I, when I do it, but I've been trying to get in that position where I can, you know, stem away from it. But like, if a homeless person like, like walked up to me saying, do you have change or do you have anything like that? I know for a fact, and a lot of people as well, they would just ignore them or they would just like turn a blind eye and then just walk by. And that's the problem because we have this ideology of, you know, we need to stay away from those people. We need to like it's there it's an embarrassment to be seen with them or like it's just something that's taboo you know we shouldn't we've been told during like grade school and such like like i know for this for a fact and i've seen it in my with my nieces because they're going through uh you know that stage in the education where they every and you'll and i know for a fact that everybody has gone through something similar at this point but you ever like remember attending those like assemblies and then like the teachers or the principals telling you hey don't interact with these like type of kids or these type of people because they're bad and that you shouldn't be associating with yourself with them because it's, you know, it's shameful. And like, that's something that, you know, you don't think about it as a kid, but then it really becomes a staple in your foundation. And that's when, you know, that's the first step I would say is like trying to get rid of that notion and ideology that, you know, has been taught since, you know, like grade school and just, seeing them as a as a human being not someone as someone that you have to ignore and avoid so i would really say like the best way to help them out is you know treating them like a human being treating them as someone like like you would treat a friend because it could mean a lot to them just even having a simple hello or having a simple like hey how are you doing what do you need so that would be the first thing i would say and that's basically the best that everyone can do right now because not everyone and i know that for a lot of people can really take those extra steps to you know maybe getting a more one-on-one connection with them and giving them support but like just even a simple you know interaction with them that will make their entire day and that can completely change their you know thought process for the rest of the day yeah that makes sense that makes sense man and so like obviously there's so many reasons why like people get to the positions that they're in. Sometimes it's an external factor. Sometimes it's like an internal factor. 
Sometimes it's a combination of both. I feel like that's like kind of the most common is like a combination of both of those things. But I noticed that like with myself, when I like am struggling or even in the past when I was struggling quite a bit more, excuse me, I found it like really difficult to interact well with people. I could still kind of get interaction, but it wasn't the best interaction. And so because of that, like upon reflecting, like this is hindsight, I, I've noticed that there was a lot of opportunities, whether it be like an interaction with someone that's really, really awesome or a job opportunity that was really cool. cool. Like I found that it was really difficult to actually be able to notice opportunities and then act on them as well. So like if someone were to reach out for support, it's very easy to push them away and stay isolated. What do you think the answer is? Or like, what do you think the reason is? It could be either one. Like, what do you, why do you think that that happens? Or what do you think like your best advice for someone that's struggling with something like that is? Yeah, like in that note, in that sense, like, uh, yeah, it's, I've been in the similar boat where it's like, if someone reaches out to me, I, and a lot of people have noticed, like, I seem like a very quiet and reserved type of individual who, you know, doesn't really like I like to keep this notion of independence, but I noticed that it's not a a healthy. It's, it doesn't. It, it originates from an unhealthy point of like of my life where I figured that I didn't really have that support. So in those sense, like people really resort to pushing others away, just because during maybe earlier experiences in life and such, you know, they may have had nobody or they didn't have anybody but themselves to really get by. So I, I would say that's a big reason as to, you know, why people push away from each other. But I think the thing that helps the most, and I know for myself from personal experience, what has helped me uh, from not pushing away others who want to help me, it's, uh, it comes down to just really just sitting down with someone and then having them as much as it would be annoying is contradict your, your, you know, your thoughts or your opinions or even give you new ideas and such like like even if it's going to make you angry at, during the moment at the very end i know for a fact for me at the end of the day I'll, i might think about that at, at the very end of the night and you know that that's when i'll kick into gear and then i'll notice what they were trying to get across because i'm a type of person who likes to finally think about things and then personally you know resonate with them by myself so if it's with others, I might try to push them away because I don't feel comfortable, but it does stick with people. And, and it's the thing I've learned in like psychology. I, some people completely despise therapy, but once they're home and they really self-reflect about the day, that's when you notice it kicks into gear and they completely shift them. Yeah. So just kind of having like an open, like authentic conversation just about like whatever you, whatever you have going on kind of like without fear of like making someone else mad, but also understanding like without fear that you might get mad, you might be upset by the conversation, mm -hmm. but just kind of voicing whatever truth you are dealing with. Is that right? Exactly. Like you, it's, that's the only area I would say that you can really see that personal growth. And, you know, sometimes you, it will hurt when people expose your vulnerabilities and your like, you know, your wrong ideologies and such, but like, that I would say is like the best area for growth because then that's when you can really learn others like perceptions and things and maybe have another outlook and life and other things. 
yeah kind of like refine your own ideas or kind of like be able like voice what you think and then be able to hear someone say like man there's a little bit of flaws in your logic because of this this and this and maybe like that hurts to hear actually you know what? it definitely hurts to hear when someone's like yeah you got some flaws in your logic and this is why and then Maybe you respond to it well, maybe you don't, but then at least like later on, like you said, like maybe that night or the next day, or it could take a week or months or sometimes years, what they said might actually sink in. It might actually seep in. Yeah. And like, I would completely agree with that too. Like I've had these moments in my days where like I could just be doing something and I'm not even thinking about the concept, but suddenly I'll just get hit with this wave of like euphoria and i'll just be like oh i see like i com- i finally get it now i see where they're coming from and like and even if i maybe don't interact with them anymore i will be forever grateful for that moment because i know at least at some point it was sticking in the back of my head to enough for me to finally see it and put all the light into it yeah so like if i had say like a friend who like that we've always been close friends and all of a sudden they start being a little bit more isolated. They're kind of sticking by themselves or maybe we don't talk as much. Like what would be like a way I could pull them out of like a a dark spot if they were a little bit like reserved on wanting to be social about it. Like for that sense. And like, I could apply that to myself just because I'm very reserved a lot of the times, even though I don't show, I, I know I used to not show it maybe when I used to work with you or even online, people don't think I seem, I've seemed like very bubbly, but in reality, that's just like something that occurs every now and then it's not the thing, but from what's worked for me and what has worked for others is try, don't be that type of person who is like, Hey, you know, why are you doing this and that? Like, don't put them to shame in a sense, because I know a lot of people say like, oh, you, all you did was just lay in bed and do nothing all day. Isn't that just like a waste of your day? Like I've had people tell me that and, and, I've, ha- and I've been told by others that they've been told that and like nothing hurts more than just getting someone to further like, you know, reinforce this idea that, yeah, you wasted your day or you're doing nothing and, and you're this point of time, it, it hurts a lot and it can really, you can really, like unintentionally add to their, you know, the the stress and like down the down point in their life. So what I would really say that would help people. And if you like had a personal friend is instead of just like maybe shaming them or further emphasizing what they're feeling like, yeah, sure. Like acknowledge the fact that they're feeling like this and understand where they are, but also tell them like, like, what do you need? Or why are you feeling like this? What can I personally do for you? Even if it's a simple, like maybe a text message or a phone call, just asking them what they need means a lot. And I know that means a lot of the world for me when I get a simple text message or a phone call from a friend or a concerned individual just saying, Hey, are you okay? Do you need anything from me? Like, let's not disregard what you're feeling. Let's try to understand and reach a conclusion and where I can support you and not feel like you're having this sense of like embarrassment or shame from like me or being able to share your things. Yeah, that makes sense. Like just, yeah, that makes perfect sense actually. And I kind of catch myself doing that sometimes with my friends. If I notice they 
like are kind of just like sitting around all day or they tell me like, Hey, I had a terrible day. Like uh, I just like, wasn't able to move around a lot. I was stuck in my room. I was stuck in my head basically. You know, I do have a tendency to just kind of think, well, Hey, when I do, when I feel like that, I just go for a bike ride or I go to the gym or I, you know, go to work and I try my best to make other people laugh or smile so like I always kind of just like instantly I, I almost like don't even listen to what they're saying. I'm just like, yeah, try going to the gym, man. Yeah. Like, and it's such a, it is a really insensitive way to deal with it because it's like, I don't know why all the time the answers seem so redundant or minuscule, but I feel like a lot of the answers always are things that sound almost like hokey. Like, Oh, I don't think that that's going to work. Like, Oh, you're telling me that I'm super depressed and I can't even find the motivation to continue living my life, but going for a walk every day is going to supposed to help me. Like that's supposed to help me. Or if I stop eating chips and I eat a banana or, or an apple or an orange, like that's going to help me. You know what I mean? Like you kind of get in that mindset of just like, like I wonder why the solutions that we hear about are always solutions that we don't think are going to help us. Yeah, like uh, I, I've been guilty of that too. And I've, that's something I've been also like dealing with myself, like with my self-reflection. Like I always catch myself like sometimes, like it's definitely got better now, but I know when I first started, I'd always be like, oh, you know, just go and go for a run, go, go do some exercise or hey, just go do this outside or, you know, or have a, have, just have a next, just have a better day tomorrow. And it's, it's really insensitive when you think about it because, you know, you're just disregarding their, their wants or their emotions. So like, yeah, it's a problem. And like, I can guarantee for a fact, a lot of people that I know do the same thing. And it's just something that, you know, it's almost like a reflex in a sense, like, Oh, you hear something sad or bad. We don't want to talk about that. We want to talk about the good things and what you can do, but then, we're really just putting the actual problem just aside. We're just tucking it under the rug. And then just, it's kind of like if you have crumbs in the kitchen and you're just going to sweep them under the rug, it doesn't solve your problem. You're just adding more to the pile of issues. And I think that's just mainly just from, again, like from like our grade school and like how we were taught as kids and younger, just being like, Hey, be happy, do this and all that. Don't, don't be sad. And I guess I really say that that's like a toxic ideology that we, you know, still teach and learn, just, you know, be happy. Don't, it's not okay to be sad. And like, I think that's a big issue of why we resort to like, you know, saying the simple solutions, but it doesn't always, it's not always that simple. We need to like, like acknowledge our emotions and like our sadness at times. Yeah, 100%. And like, that's kind of a lot of the struggle that I had growing up was not just not acknowledging it, but kind of in denial of it. Mm -hmm. Like I was just kind of, I noticed myself doing certain things and I saw people's reactions. So I was like, Oh, I better not say anything like that again, or I better not, you know, feel like this again. And so I almost like forced myself to always like kind of be either like the center of attention or the class clown, like, and you know, after I finished school and after I was like kind of in the real world, that, that behavior continued. Right. And it wasn't really until this year and I'm 25 now. So it wasn't until this year when I started to realize, you know, you don't always have to be that center of attention. It is okay to just like have days where you don't want to chat with people. It is all right to feel like garbage. Sometimes you feel like shit, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, for me, like, I didn't really get rid of that notion or ideology until like maybe maybe barely like I want to say in my first university but if I really think about it, I don't think I really tapped into myself and who I am until like maybe the end of my third year of university which would be you know just last year or so and really I'm really tapping into it now this year just because you know I really want to have that change so you know it's it's hard it's and it's you know it's a process for some people some people it takes longer and some people are just quick learners and quick like people to just change yeah like since i've known you like you've always kind of had like this friendly demeanor you always want to like just be friendly when i first met you you came up and introduced yourself to me and uh it was like kind of like my first day at that location well back at that location because i originally worked there but like what do you think like what drives you if you don't mind me asking to kind of like be like this what drives you to kind of you know, study the, the field that you're in, what made you into the person that when that kid came in and told you about those issues, you genuinely wanted to help? What do you think shaped you into that? I would personally say for me, it was like finally being able to acknowledge and reflect and accept my personal experiences that I went through. Because I really think that for the thing that drives me the most is you know as i again as it sounds almost like a sad topic but you know i don't want to i don't want to just like not acknowledge it because you know i, I don't want to have that ideology anymore of being like i shouldn't talk about these things because you know it's that's a taboo that's a taboo ideology and such and that's what i'm trying to get rid of but like for me the personal thing that motivated me and driven me to like you know wanting to help that individual was acknowledge and reflect my own personal like my pain, my own personal, like my low points in life that I had growing up. Because once you, when you, when you, when you think about your own like events, you don't really, you don't really think about them or you try to avoid them. But when you finally get someone who is either you're that, who is that age, who's going through what you went through at that time, or even now, and it's just trying to be open with you, that's when it really makes you like reflect on it and that's when it gives you that moment of like almost bliss because you get to realize that someone else went through what you went through or is going through what you went through and it really becomes almost like a personal like uh like uh, a personal goal of yours because then you you don't want maybe a younger individual someone who's your age to keep going through what pain or like experiences you went through because nobody nobody really should go through these sort of events and like if there's any way that i can help to personally guide them and be assistance to to you know what brought me to this point of life then of course i want to share that with people because i don't i know how dark it can get and i know a lot of my like friends that i used to have unfortunately aren't here anymore because of it so i just want to be that like guidance in, in order to you know get people to have this goal and outcome in like where I am now and compared to what I was, because I always tell people like, you can do it. It's not, it's not, it's, it's a tough road, but if, if I was personally able to get through it, I would want to do my, like my damn best to just help you and get through your goal as well. Yeah. How do, why, why do you think that it's always so easy to give other people advice on their issues, but it's so difficult for us to kind of reflect on our own issues and, and see like what we need to do for ourselves? 
I personally think, and I've learned from my courses, like we're so easy to give advice to others because we're not exposing our own vulnerabilities. We're not acknowledging our own issues. We are acknowledging their issues and such by thinking what we think is best for them. So when it comes to it, like you never really want to see your friend or a personal family or anyone in general, you never want to see them upset. You always want to be that support system for them. And I know some maybe don't think that, but you know, I never want to see one of my friends in an upset mood or like in a very dark path. So I always want to be that sense of like guiding light for them. Like, and it's, it's also a concept that I've learned in psychology where it's like, we want to be their savior in a sense, but that's also, that's a problem. That's a problem in society right now is we want to be that hero that, you know, changes them. And then once they get changed, then that's it. We just don't help them anymore. But when it comes to us working on ourselves and like trying to figure out what we need, we don't want to do it or think about it because we want to think of ourselves as being that, you know, you know, positive outlook or being like that individual who has it all set in life and is more than happy. But so that's why I think a lot of the times it's just, we're not comfortable with exposing our vulnerabilities and even just acknowledging that we have flaws. So that's why I think we're so easy to like give advice, but never advice to ourselves. Yeah, that's huge, man. That's absolutely huge. And I think it's really difficult to not just admit that you have flaws, but expose the flaws that you're not like super open about, like expose the flaws that you're almost embarrassed about because there's always like kind of that elephant in the room with a lot of people that are struggling. Like there's always like a problem where it's like, look, like, you know, I'm dealing with this and I know I'm dealing with this, but I don't know why we're not talking about it. It's like kind of weird. I I was going to actually go back because I remember what you, you, I was just kind of like clarifying like what you said. And there was something that was interesting when I asked you about what your goal is when you're done with your education and you said, well, you know, I don't have like a definitive, like one way thing that I want to go with. It's just kind of like some, like a field that I know I want to work in. And I know for myself, I, I kind of feel similar and I have felt really similar in the past. And that's something that makes me super anxious. And I just feel like for you, it's, it seems like the fact that you were able to just say that so confidently. And so like, I'm just going to go and like, Maybe I'll get a job that I'm like super interested in, but it sounds like you're just prepared to go with the flow. Like, what would you say to someone that doesn't really know exactly where they're going and they kind of feel anxious about that? Cause that makes me anxious. Yeah. And like, I, when it comes to like, I, I, I know for a lot of people, it seems like I'm very confident in what I want to do. And like, I want to say partially yes and partially no. Like I still have those lingering thoughts of anxiety of like, Hey, I'm about to finish school. I really need to, figure out my, like I need, I need to figure out my stuff before I'm like in the in the in like the real world now but like for me what's really helped and to have give myself some sort of confidence or uh, like guidance in my life was just you know acknowledge those anxieties acknowledge that feeling of like I don't know what I'm gonna do or I'm stressed because a lot of times what has helped me become really guided and like grow and feel like what I like I guess uh, aware of what I want to do in life was just by accepting that stress and accepting that anxiety and just being able to 
this one has been a big one for me, but just being able to tell others and be like, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing in, in my life yet. I don't know what I want to do. And then just having someone else to share and talk about it with, it's almost like a mentor, like, or like a, just another supporter or another person who's going to walk along the path of you as much as they can, just so they can give you some sort of guidance and feeling that you're not alone in this life and that, you know, not everyone knows what they want to do. And that's what's really helped with like the anxiety of like, you know, not knowing what I'm going to do or maybe having an idea just because I understand. And I know that it's not something that's uncommon that, you know, sometimes it's okay to be a little confused and lost, you know, sometimes it takes some time for you, but when you do find it, you know, at least you get to understand and under, and, and remember that, you know, someone also was, you know, able to understand it with you and help you as much as they could. So I think it's really comes down to just acknowledging how you feel and like your stress and anxiety, because I'll, I'll, I'll be real. It's like, it's terrifying. It's like, you know, the world, the world's huge and, you know, how can we know what we want to do until we, you know, get in that position? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that kind of highlights as well. Like it's important to try so many different things because you're going to run into things that maybe you thought you wanted to do and then you end up hating it or you run into things where you think that you're going to hate it, but you actually end up, you know, finding some aspect of it that's super rewarding for you. Yeah. And I like, I would think, I would say that's completely true as well. Cause like, I know when I first started my university and such, I had this idea of like, Hey, I want to do this and that. And then when I really looked into it and focused in those courses, I was like, man, I, this is boring. This is bland. I mean, I hate it. I, I, I don't want to do this. This is a waste of my time. And, you know, I, I was upset at it at, when I reflected back on it, when I first was going through the motions, like I was like, man, I wasted my time, but I, I've almost come to the point and conclusion in life where I feel like nothing really is a waste of time. Like you, it's all trial and error. And, you know, for sometimes for some people it's, it's a longer thing, but you know, whatever it takes to get to your, you know, happy place, you know, I would say that it's all going to be worth it at the end because, you know, you're never going to know until, you know, you're in that spot. Did you drop those courses or did you complete them? I, uh, that's something I've, I've noticed for myself personally, I've never been someone who wants to drop something. And I've, I've been told by a lot of people being like, why did you just do a course you hate and something like that? And it's, it's been something that's conflicting for me. Cause I've noticed that with jobs too. Sometimes I won't leave a job, even if I dislike it completely, because I feel like I need to accomplish it. But my, my, I guess, rationality of it was if I can complete something I don't like in life, then perhaps when the next obstacle in life occurs, I have that will and like strength to be able to do the uncomfortable in order to get to my comfort zone. That was beautifully put, man. That was like literally what I was going to ask about. Did you ever have like a course, like, cause this is kind of something that I felt quite a lot. Like, did you ever have a course where maybe it wasn't boring? It was like really fulfilling for you but perhaps like the professor you didn't get along with or you found him to be boring or you were like, Hey, I just can't learn from this guy. Like, did you have ever experience like that? Oh yeah. Tons of times. Like there's been so many times and so many semesters where I'm like, I love the course, but when it comes to the actual like professor or maybe the TAs, I'm just like, this is boring. This is bland. I'm not feeling that sense of enjoyment in 
in the course that I personally like a lot. So there've been tons of times where I've been in that situation. Yeah. And like, how did you kind of react to it? Uh, for me, the best way for me to react to it was, uh, I, instead of just sulking and just being like, Oh, this class is going to suck. And, and you know, it's going to be ruined for the rest of the semester. I really reached out to other students and this was, you know, before like the online stuff had happened. So it was much easier for me, but like I would reach out to other students and like ask, you know, what their thoughts on it. And like, if they had the same thoughts, then I would be like, Oh, perfect. Then, you know, now I have someone that I can almost have as like a, like a social, like a social learning group, like where we can both all share our experiences and all come to an enjoyment of what, you know, we can all get this through together and, you know, make, the class fun for ourselves even if you know maybe one portion isn't as fun yeah and i think that speaks to a lot of things in life because that kind of covers both aspects of it like sometimes you are going to be in certain positions where you're in the place you want to be but not every circumstance for you is lined up properly yeah. and it's really easy to get lost in that and say well if i like if i had a good professor that maybe i could have pushed through that or sometimes you're in the opposite. Maybe like the company's good, but the course that you like is is not the best, right? Like, or the course that you're in is not something that you're interested in, sorry. And so like, it just kind of speaks to the sense that, you know, like circumstances aren't always going to be perfect for you, but that's a, that's a good metaphor for it, right? Like, hey, I have this class that I'm enjoying, but the professor's ruining it for me. And it's kind of really powerful. I think that that's going to be a successful factor for you where a key to your success is the fact that like instinctually you were like, okay, we can push through this. Like I'm not letting this ruin my experience. I wanted to get something out of this and I'm going to get something out of this. Yeah. And that's something I've always just held true to myself. Like I never want to think of something as like, Oh, this is terrible. Like I want to, see uh see it as like a challenge and something as a learning opportunity for me to grow because sometimes sometimes you really need that certain like situation and where it's like it's an awful situation or it's like completely bland and boring but if you can make it you know the, worth it and you can make the best out of it then it it becomes so much more satisfying and accomplishing for you and it really gives you that outlook in life and where you know it keeps you it, for me it really influenced the whole can do like attitude of like not wanting to back down from something that I don't enjoy because you know it's a different it's a different sense of pride and like accomplishment when you really push through something that's you know maybe uncomfortable for you yeah and it also is true that you know circumstances are never really going to be perfect in your life like you could get your dream job you could have your dream house you could have your dream you know like partner in life you could have everything set up but you know, you're always going to have like a coworker, maybe, or a business partner or a customer or an employer or a friend of a friend. Like maybe like your partner has a friend that you have to see off and like, there's always going to be something and being able to navigate around that and still enjoy what you're doing and still kind of get what you're looking to get out of a situation. I feel like is such a, it's a rare skill. Like it's something that even like I struggle with it a lot, even though I know the concept, it's very easy for me. Like if I'm annoyed with a coworker or if I'm annoyed with, you know, a certain part of my job, then it's very easy for me to find myself 
you know, like, oh, maybe I should quit. Maybe I should find a new job. Maybe I should navigate my way around this. Maybe like I could get them fired. Maybe like I, sh I need to argue with them so they understand my point more. Like it's something that it creates like a lot of toxicity in my head. Mm -hmm. Like, and I feel like that's such a useful skill to have is to be able to see past those distractions and still get what you're looking to get out of a situation. Yeah. And like, that's something that for me, I like, I won't lie. It took me a long time to really wrap my head around it. And I still struggle with it at times. Like there's times where I'll complain and be like, I can't do this or I couldn't accomplish this sense of uh, like maybe goal or task because of these circumstances. But it wasn't really until uh, I got told by, I think one of the, one of our upper management in our old company, uh, it was, uh, it was like, I think it was like a quote. He says like, if like, when it comes to your, your goals and tasks and outlook and things, you should never blame it on the situations and circumstances. It really all comes down to you and your mindset. Cause like it can be a rainy day and you could blame the rain or like, or like the weather for, you know, you not doing anything and not making, not going outside or doing what you wanted to do. But it also comes down to the difference between you not doing anything due to the rain or you not doing anything because you didn't want to do anything about it. You didn't want to do the things that could have been done during the day, regardless of the outcome. So that's something that I've kind of personally kept to myself. And I, when I used to work in my, the, with the old company, I would always tell the other, like, uh, you know, like the, the entry level positions in like in our old job being like, Hey, did you not finish a certain task? Because, this situation or did you not complete it because you didn't try and do it for yourself yeah yeah because it always seems like there's some sort of like a like a circumstance we could blame like like you could say like yeah like you said like maybe if your goal was just to go on a walk or go on a jog and it's like well it's raining today well tomorrow your feet might hurt well the next day you might be like kind of stressed for time or the next day you might you know, there's always going to be something and just kind of to be able to push through that is a like huge man. It's like, like, yeah, like you said, it's something I still struggle with sometimes because it's not like we're making excuses because sometimes circumstances do limit you, mm -hmm. but still to be able to kind of not let that crush you or just to be able to see past that and look at like, well, what can I achieve? Mm -hmm. That's huge. Yeah. And it's, it's something that I, for myself with me interacting with other youths and, and so well, like that's something I've noticed. And it's, it's, it's always very prominent in the younger, in the young individual. And it sounds funny for me to say younger, just cause you know, it's only like, I'm only a few years apart from those people, but uh, yeah, it's uh, like, it's, there's always going to be certain circumstances that, you know, will stop you from doing something. But when it isn't, when it isn't those type of situations, then uh, it really helps, you know, finding that extra strength or will to, you know, be able to make the most out of something, regardless of the situation. Yeah. And so like, when you say that when like, what, like, this is kind of like a weird question, when you say like, make the most of a situation, like, what are you like, are you meaning like, get the most amount of happiness from it? Or are you like, kind of like learning the most amount of knowledge from it? Like, what does that mean to you? Like to get the most out of a situation? For me, like getting the most out of a situation, it's all subjective, really. Like, 
I could say get make the most out of a situation of being happy or get the most out of a situation of being sad, like whatever you need in order to have that sense of, you know, feeling fulfilled or, or uh, satisfied in a certain area. That's a, what I necessarily mean. So like for me to give it like a certain example, like, uh, um, I recently had this discussion with, like this with someone about, uh, like, you know, COVID and like, you know, the concept of like, like social distancing and everything like that. And it came down to them saying like, they feel <coughs> like, I just choked on my water. I don't have COVID. That was just <laughs> we're talking. <laughs> All good. I mean, I, I mean, we're far away from each other, so there's no way we should get it. Hopefully. Yeah, no kidding. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's just kind <laughs> no of talking about COVID and I coughed. No. I just took a sip of water, went down the wrong pipe, man. <laughs> we'll take it. I'll take your word for that. But uh, yeah, it was like the whole, they just saw that it was such a sad situation and like they were annoyed with it. And I wasn't, and like, I, I know earlier in, in life, I would have been like, oh, just switch it up, you know, do something else. But I, I, I've now got to the point where like, if like someone tells me, yeah, I'm in a s shitty situation, then I, I will be more than willing to tell them, you know, acknowledge that shitty situation. Like, yeah, feel, feel annoyed, feel angry, feel whatever you need to feel in order to get past that barrier of like want of not wanting to share or like acknowledge what you're going through because once you make the most out of maybe a shitty situation, that's when you can, you know, maybe grow and figure a way of like coping with it. Or like if you're in a very happy mood and like happy situation and you, you really want to maybe express your emotions or like, just like sense of happiness and whatever means possible, like then go for it. Like don't feel ashamed. Don't feel like you need to keep quiet about it. Like if you need to like scream and yell about whatever, then go ahead, like make the most out of it. So that way you can feel satisfied with the situation and that you're not later in the end of the day feeling like, damn, I could have been more expressive about this, or I should have done this more. Like once you make the most out of it, it's like, you feel satisfied. You don't, you don't feel like you're having these thoughts of like, I should have done this or I should have done that yeah i actually had a similar kind of like breakdown recently and like 2020 has been a stressful year for everybody but you know where i work especially with construction i mean working in the restaurant on the weekends that was definitely impacted by the uh the restrictions and stuff that were put on to us and um but like with construction it wasn't so for, for a long time i felt like i was like business as usual like I, I i could still go to work i wasn't going to the gym but i was working out outside i would go for runs and bike rides and you know i was spending a lot of time reading so i felt like i was like taking care of myself and doing everything i could do and so for the longest time it wasn't kind of i didn't understand or i didn't recognize or observe that it was impacting me mentally right and then the other day, I guess, it just kind of like built up enough that it was noticeable for me. And I was talking to one of my friends about it. And I was like literally tearing up as I was writing this to him. But I was texting him and I was just saying like, it's, it's a weird time right now, man. Like yeah. there's a weird like, um, like kind of stress and there's like almost like tension all the time right now when you go out whether it's uh you know different problems going on in the world right now like it just feels like there's so much negativity and so much hate and so much you know uh there's people that are 
yelling that our freedoms are being taken away. There's people that are yelling that other people aren't being responsible enough. There's people that are just kind of like, there's always someone that's pointing a finger at another group. And it just overwhelmed me that day. I was just like, man, like, why, like, why can we not just love, man? Like, why can we not just love? And my friend replied to me, he was like, look, man, I think you're reading into a lot of situations a little bit too much. I think that what you have to do to kind of achieve the level of happiness that you had and what you were looking for right now is just wake up every single day and try and be the best version of yourself. Like don't pay attention to what you're hearing about to pay attention to what you observe on a daily basis, the people that are around you and how can you make them a little bit happier? Because then at that point you won't feel like you're surrounded by the negativity. You'll feel like, you know, you have that like, kind of core happiness, you're taking care of the people around you, but you're also just kind of trying to be the best person that you possibly can. So not recognizing like the flaws that you have or the flaws that you see in the world, but recognizing more like what can you do to make that better? Yeah. And, and after talking to him, I was like, I man, I was tearing up crying. And I like re read the text messages the next day. And I was like, man, what an amazing friend. Like it kind of, it was, it was kind of a wake up call for me. Yeah. And that's like, that's like a really powerful thing to like, even like, like, you know, share and such because like, yeah, like I get, I get it. Like it's a hard time. And a lot of times right now, I for myself, I'm guilty of it. Like I will focus on the negative aspects of things, the negative situations, the flaws. And like, it becomes overwhelming to the point where, yeah, you will reach a breaking point and where you just feel overwhelmed and you just shut yourself off. But like, uh, yeah, I've had conversations and like personally for me, like I don't feel ashamed or like, you know, like, uh, like, you know, just bad about me sharing this. But like for me personally, like it's been a rough year for me lately. And uh, like I w I've got acknowledged to the point where like, you know, I'm not ashamed to like go see a therapist and such and like, you know, have someone to I can talk to that's unbiased and like willing to help. And they told me the same thing as what your friend said, like they told me focus on the good parts of your day focus it's not bad to focus like maybe think about the negative aspects in life at times and like the overwhelming things but like acknowledge them at least but don't put your whole day on it or i'll say well it will get to like that breaking point like focus on the whatever makes you happy and whether it be making others happy whether it makes making yourself happy like really do what makes what's going to make you like the better version of yourself because once you're at that point, then the next day you're going to, you're going to want to keep living off that moment. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's huge. That's absolutely huge actually. And it's so difficult to do because we are kind of always surrounded either through the media or through social media or our friends. There just seems to kind of always be like a highlight of what's going on. That's negative. And, like you said, you do have to observe those things because how are you going to fix the things that are negative without actually noticing them first? But it seems like it's always like a one or the other thing. It's like, hey, man, why are you only focusing on the positive when there's all these things that are happening that are negative? And that can make you feel guilty because you're like, well, I'm just trying to focus on the positive. But then there's also the other side where it's like, well, why do you always focus on the negative all the time when there's all these beautiful parts? Mm -hmm. right and it seems to be again like kind of we've done like a full rotation it's almost like what we were saying in the beginning like it's always a constant balancing act mm -hmm. of like well 
Am I neglecting the things that are negative just to look at the beauty? And how is that going to impact me? Because then they're going to build up and it's going to impact me a lot more detrimentally later. Or am I just focusing on the beautiful sides? Or I mean, just am I just focusing on the negative sides and ignoring the beautiful sides? And then you're not being grateful and you're not being kind of, you know, you're being selective with what you're looking at. Yeah. And like, yeah, I completely get what you're, what you're saying and such, because like, I, I know for a while and for almost a big portion of my life, I wouldn't like when I had my, with my former, my, my former partner, like uh, I was always like trying to focus on the good parts of life. Like, I would, I remember I used to catch myself and reflecting back on it. I'd always say like, why are you so negative? Or let's not talk about the bad things in life. Let's just focus on the good parts in life. And then it didn't realize, I didn't realize until after it and that I, you know, you're just, I was just like shutting or like, just like, like, you know, pushing it to the side, like the negative aspects in life to the point that when I finally sat down by myself and, you know, when I was alone, I was, I got completely overwhelmed with all the negative parts because all I would focus on was the good parts. And then as soon as some small negative portion, you know, just kind of resonated with me, then everything spilled out. And I noticed that was a, it was an unhealthy method of like bottling things up. And I completely like, I completely am one to say like, you know, you shouldn't always just focus on the good. Sometimes it's good to focus on the bad and like, you know, you shouldn't just like like just bottle everything in and i could say the same for someone who's just always seeing things negatively like if you never see the positive things and you're just always bottling it up you'll never really get to that point and it's a lot harder when you do that way because when you just bottle everything that might make you happy in, in times it's going to be so hard to find that one thing that will spark you to feel a sense of joy and that's why some people get into very dark paths and such so it's a, it's like a cycle it's like a constant loop you're always going around this little notion of whether you're either going to be happy all the time or you're always going to be sad, but it's never, it's never like you're never acknowledging both things. And that's something I've struggled with a lot. And I know a lot of people struggle with, they never want to see both sides. Yeah, that's huge. Like, this is something that like, I'm actually really happy about this. This is my second biggest takeaway in this whole thing is like, I noticed with myself, like I am always, it's always like a one or the other thing. I'm either like, always focusing on just the positive sides and anytime someone comes to me with an issue i'm not even listening i'm like oh okay that sucks terrible 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 but look at how beautiful the sun is and look at how great you know oh we have like our health we have you know family we have all these things and like i only focus on the good sides and then there's days where it's the flip side and you know i'm sitting there and i'm like man vancouver's such an expensive place to live we have to deal with like extremely hiked up rent we have to deal with like, you know, expensive gas prices, expensive phone bills, expensive auto insurance, exp and like it just starts to pile up. And like I'm noticing with myself that I am always like it's either a one or the other thing. I'm either only focusing on the good or I'm only focusing on the bad. Like, what do you think like a solution is that for that? Because there does have to be a balance. Yeah. Yeah. And you're and it's completely right. It's not wrong to say that, you know, there shouldn't be a balance. But like, it can become a, a, like an unhealthy habit of like just being on one side. And, you know, it's not always true to yourself and like to others of like, you know, always showing like a, a front of being happy or a front of being sad, because 
there are things in life that give us joy or sadness and it's completely normal but something that has helped with me and i've and from what i've personally told others who have interacted with is like i uh learned this from like my personal like my own like personal like support sessions and such is they've told me like you know sit down one day and like write down either in a personal notebook or even on your phone on the notes like write down a list of your emotions or things you did in the day so like if i when i used to go to work when i used to work at the old job i would describe being like oh i woke up mad or sad because i didn't want to go to work and then when i was at work whatever interactions or things that made me happy or sad i would write it down and i would write them on like this like t like almost like a t chart and like this being the good thoughts and this being the bad thoughts and i would just write them all down and by the end of the night i would just sit down look at look at it all and just you know really see you know where i was at in the one day and then just constantly keep reflecting on it every single day and comparing it at the very end of the week because then you can really see like you know perhaps you know it's not always all bad it's sometimes good and it makes you almost satisfied and happy with yourself because uh, for me i used to really think negatively and like pessimistically until i read my read my like my journal entries of like how i felt and then i noticed i'm like hey i actually had a lot of good moments this week so you know i'll give myself props for that and i'll be, and that will continue to you know keep me like balanced and satisfied with where i am so i really think just writing these own little journals and not being scared to write the bad parts and the good parts yeah that's huge man i'm a pretty big proponent for uh journaling i really like do appreciate it quite a bit it's a skill that i just learned would have been like 2018 yeah when i when i just left the location that you and i were working together at and i went to the next location i uh i remember there was a day where i was just feeling scrambled in my brain and i couldn't focus so i like went to the walmart right beside us and just bought a notebook and i started writing down all the thoughts I had and all the things that I felt like I needed to do. And it just like gave me such good closure. The second I closed that book, it was like, Oh, we finally did kind of organize our thoughts a bit more. So I'm, I'm pretty huge on journaling, man. I, I really do advocate for it. And I think more people should do it. Whether, like you said, whether it's in your phone, whether it's like a voice, maybe you record your voice saying it to yourself. Maybe you talk to a friend, maybe you're, writing it down like however you're doing it but definitely reflection in that way is huge yeah like i like i completely advocate for like self-reflection and like just self like like documenting and that's something i've learned just by from you know personal experiences from like being told by like support services and also in like my own like classes and such and as like being a researcher and such they really tell you keep a keep a journal like keep a journal because you can reflect on you know the positives you can reflect on your vulnerabilities and then that's where you can really you know be willing to change because once you see where you're maybe lacking in or where you can change that or when you see what you're doing well and then it gives you a sense of joy and pride and it keeps you motivated to keep journaling for the you know the remainder of your time that's huge man well we've been talking for about an hour and 40 minutes now we're past 11 o'clock in the morning now we i think we connected like just after 9.30, so we're gonna wrap this up. I don't wanna take up too much of your time because I was even late for this. But <laughs> I, uh, one thing I, I don't do is my own outros. So you're gonna do the outro today. You can do a little shout out of your Instagram one more time. 
but I just want you to share the one requirement is you have to share a positive message for the people. So you're in the hot seat now. I'm passing the microphone back to you. You got to share a positive message and then we'll say peace out. Peace. All right. I got it, man. Really on the spot now. Okay. Uh, I mean the positive like message I want to say just to everyone. And like, I would say for myself is like, you know, if you're going through a bad moment in time or you feel like you have nobody that you can, you know, maybe resort to, sometimes it's okay to just, you know, acknowledge that and, you know, sit down by yourself, maybe write it down, draw, do whatever you have to do. Uh, if, it, if it means you need to maybe, I don't know, go and break something or like maybe a plate or something. I know a lot that's very therapeutic for some, but like do whatever you got to do to acknowledge your emotions and then, you know, continue growing. So, you know, just feel free to like reach out to someone or even just do your own thing. Like don't feel ashamed of what, you, you know, makes you happy or gives you a sense of uh, relief because in the end of the day, the best teacher and the best support system is ourself and our minds. So, you know, don't be ashamed of who you are and just acknowledge that for who you are. And like, if ever, if anybody ever wants to, you know, maybe talk about it with me or anything like that, you know, they can easily reach out to me on Instagram. Again, it's Jose Durantes at underscore, or, you know, just maybe, you know, they can connect with Mark and then, you know, you can give them my deeds or anything like that if they don't want to talk, talk directly to me. That's yeah. beautiful, man. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. We're going to say peace out now. All right. Peace, peace. Thank peace. you so much, everybody. Take care.